sent to Earth from the darkest depths of space to fight crimes and talk about the subjects not many men dare to go. With faces only a blind mother could love, arms like a silverback gorilla, and more hair on their chest than something really, really hairy. Like really hairy. Prepare to be astounded and bedazzled by the wondrous voices of your two hosts, GK and F. Stand by for a live broadcast. Mihaba Interweb. Welcome to GKNF, episode 19, Off the Bit. Oh, we're back in the studio on a Friday night, Clark. Yes, it's mm. nice, it's a nice, quiet Friday night. There's been an like Arctic like wind blowing all day, and I'm inside, I've got my hoodie on, and I've got a cup of tea. And I've got some, some warm company with me, but you might do a few of the uh, yeah, introductions. Just, just a few uh, of the, the, I guess, the boring stuff. At GKNF on Twitter. Working title on Facebook. Hit us up. iTunes, I guess, like us. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. Give us five stars on Uber as well. <laughs> five, five drives on Uber on a Wednesday. So give him five stars on that. And... Uh, and then anything else, if you've got something or an idea for a show or a guest, hit us up on one of those, which is at GKNF or Working Title on Facebook, and mate, give us something. We'll talk about it because we're, we're, we're very happy to talk about anything or anything. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's talk about our guest. Our guest is Murray Canellan. It's been a long time, Muzz. You are, I, remember, um, I remember meeting you when you would have been in like year seven or something. Yeah, in- you would, yeah I would have rocked up to St. Dom's as a... Fresh-faced year seven kid wondering whether to have my socks up or down. <laughs> As dad walked me in, he's like, they're, they're long socks. You got it? I was shorts because it was February. He's like, sure. You-. I go, let's just like get halfway to school. Yeah. And if I see another kid with a map, we'll, yeah. we'll roll with him up. But if no one's got a map, and of course, there's probably two kids wearing a map. And they were the first two you saw, wasn't it? <laughs> so I just, I'll just roll with them down. And then we, I was lucky because I had come from Mary McKillop. So- all but two of the boys from that year went, uh, like, they nice. went to McCarthy. Yeah. Everybody went to Dom. So, you're walking and going, please find somebody I know <laughs> yeah. very quickly. <laughs> See, I was like that in, in Year 7, rocking up to the first disco. I was like, I hope someone else is wearing mustard keppers because <laughs> I think I'm cool, but I, I don't know. It needs to be <laughs> affirmed by everyone else wearing them. If it was circa 1996, you were sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think I might have squeezed mum, twisted mum's arm for like an SMP shirt or something for one of my first, one of my first discos. Dude, my, my love for Keppers began um, when, I, when I was younger. I was obsessed with karate films and, to- you know, have you seen Bloodsport, Van no. Damme? Okay, Bloodsport, Van Damme was uh, the, the movie I used to watch all the time. And after I'd watch it, I'd go out into the, to the back room, put my Keppers on and my white singlet <laughs> and practice doing the splits. <laughs> So what, did they did they wear keppers in Bloodsport? It's no, <laughs> no, because I was new wave Bloodsport. I, I was Kepper Sport. <laughs> you were home wave Bloodsport. So a big bit of background for Muzz. He's a sports uh, journalist, sports broadcaster. He works at uh, Sky Channel. Um, he's worked at the ATC, which is the Australian Turf Club. Uh, we've promised all our listeners this week that he would give you every single winning r- ride in the carnival tomorrow. <laughs> So wings or wings tomorrow. So he's on. So look at that. He's on. A, goes out on a limb with his tips. Uh, but yeah, he's he's across everything. And Fark tipped on it at the start. 
where we first met you. We were a few years above you in school, yep. and you came as part of the first grade football team and became one of the manager, basically of the side. Yeah, I broke my uh, I broke my arm in year seven. Yeah. I was riding a mate's bike, didn't realise it had the old back brake. Uh, Rocked back. Woof. Over the handlebars. A over T. Broke my arm and broke my wrist. And Greg McGriskin said, well, yeah. you can't go to sport. Here, Here's a camera. Go find Mr. Colnane and yeah. video their one of their games. Yeah. And I think at this stage, there wasn't a tripod. I had a broken arm. So the boys said, <laughs> they've never been sicker. He's got a, a broken arm. Give him a job where he's got to use yeah. it. <laughs> and then from there, so that was, yeah, year seven. I would have started following the yeah the first grade league side around, which was at at Dom's was the the be all and end all <laughs> for uh, for my whole time there. And uh, yeah, met you boys, watched watched American Pie for the first time on the way up to <laughs> oh yes. on the way up to Newcastle for a, a game against uh, Terra Sancta. Oh, yeah, I reckon. yeah. So that was because I had two younger, I had a younger sister, younger brother, so. American Pie would never have come through the front door at the Canelan household. <laughs> so when it put, was putting the VHS in the front of the bus, I was like, yes! yes. How good is this? It's that that, uh, that movie is the uh, the chronicles of everyone's high school life. Isn't but, it? Yeah, that their angst is all done for gym. <laughs> and even the soundtrack, you hear those yeah. songs, it's like, yeah, it takes you right back. Flip but that's what I remember about you, Mars. You just got so much enthusiasm, you know what I mean? And even sitting here, hearing Geordie do, do a bit of an introduction for you, like, you must be pretty proud. Like, you're doing some pretty cool things, dude. Yeah, no, it's been a, um, it's been a good sort of probably six, I reckon it's been, probably been six years since I called my first game, probably called a game of Sydney AFL. Yeah. And then it's gone from there, called a, I've called like an AFL prelim final, semi-finals of AFL, called New South Wales Cup Grand Finals and Ron That's Massey awesome. Cup Grand Finals for... Just for local radio, and then last year probably oh, I won't say hit hit the big time, but was my biggest gig was doing like women's big bash cricket. Oh no! Um, which oh, is like on um, channel ten. No, cricket.com. So cricket.com, all the nice. apart from the I think there's ten or so double headers where yeah, they show yeah. the women's game before the men's yeah, big yeah, bash. Yeah, yeah. Cricket Australia um, stream every women's big bash game live. Yeah. So so were you the ball by ball commentator yeah, on that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and that's a bit. In, it's a bit more interesting when it's, uh, it's television based. All my other stuff's been radio, so it's yeah. you've got to say everything, everything that's going on. Oh yeah, of course. where, how, why, who, where with cricket and with television, it's the sort of Richie Benno old school. Let what's happening do tell the, the story, and that's that's what Venus was a struggle for the crossover for Ray Hadley as well when he first went back to TV because he's from obviously phenomenal caller calling oh, yeah, radio and calling on radio and then going back to TV he had to get used to not you, I yeah guess you, you got just got to rein it back in because yeah. no one needs to know on um, on television the balls being passed from right to left yeah you might just say that it's gone from. Geordie to far to Canalan yeah. out wide, but I don't. Yeah, I don't need to say they're twelve meters out from the line. Yeah, on the right hand side, they're eight meters in from the touch line. Yeah, it's how descriptive. Working the be. yeah, like working the right hand side of your radio dial. That, that that's all just there. It's a given. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to just sort of add the the other parts of the story going on top. And is that hard when you're going? If you especially if you're doing sort of calling AFL on a Saturday on you know on the radio and then going and calling. 
the cricket or you know a New South Wales Cup match on on a Sunday on TV. Yeah, I had like, to. You- I had to really when we started when I started doing cricket, I had to really try and think about and because of you've played it for so long. I just kind of went and stood somewhere. I never thought about like I knew all the positions, mm, yeah. but to be able to rattle off like a cut past backward point or something, yeah. I had to really. So I'd be sitting in the shower and I'd play like a whole grounds worth of shots. Nice. And try and describe them to myself just to get right back into that mode of describing cricket where so, league and AFL just come like second nature. Yeah. I'd played the game for so long for, of cricket, but I hadn't had to describe. I, hadn't to, I wasn't near the skipper, so I didn't have to say yeah, far head out to deep square yeah, leg yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So I had to think, really start thinking hard to myself. Because you've, you've, you've just got to say them, otherwise you have no credibility. Like if you can't describe that the balls, if I've hit it, to the onside and I say offside get made to look like an absolute goose so yeah and then the study that had to go into it as well because you've got to like these women are phenomenal athletes Mm. so you're taking like five pages of notes with you and then all of a sudden you're like halfway through the game and you haven't opened your folder because whatever's been happening is good enough to get you through so I like how you practice in the shower I like you practice different stuff in the shower (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I, th- I thought you'd see that opening. Um, anyway, um, but like even you're getting into that mindset of being able to call, you know, call sport. Like, do you, you know, you, you obviously you, you know, you're pretending you're, you're hitting shots yourself. Do you ever find yourself like driving down the M4 going, I'm taking the, I'm taking the fast lane, leaving these absolute dead shits for good. <laughs> oh, that's when I've got my arm out the side of the car and I'll pass someone in the slow lane. Was that guy whipping his car? Yeah. Damn. I'll always put um, when t- when I if I have a game of league I'll sticky tape the team sheet. So there's the a lot of study going into yeah. it. Yeah, and the problem with New South Wales Cup is they get announced on a Tuesday. Suspensions and injuries come through the week, so people by the time you actually yeah people going up yeah. by the time you get there, you might have eight players that have been in that starting sort of eighteen or seventeen that they've listed, and then all of a sudden they lump you with ten other players. So that's a frustrating part of that lower lower grade is yeah. that it's so fluid between like um, a couple of weeks ago I had Panther I had Canterbury versus Blacktown who are the Sea Eagles feeder side and you watch Friday Night Footy the Canterbury playing and you go right he's gone up he's gone down yeah there should be sweet so Canterbury basically went in with like three changes yeah but then because uh, Manly hadn't played. The Blacktown side was just, you get there and it's a raffle. And all of a sudden, 5'8s are playing fullback. Props are playing back row. Are you doing that cream like before an exam, just cream and studying to get. Yeah, if I don't have to um, like host our little pre, I usually will do like 15 minutes of pre game Mm. or something. I'll have the binoculars out and I'll watch. But if hopefully they're warming up on the ground we're at, Mm. Um, we did a North Sydney game and North Sydney warmed up on their far field so yeah. they just run out all the numbers were different you're going and you try to call the early stages <laughs> and going, they're wearing masks as yeah. well so you're going yellow boots like ankle, <laughs> uh, um, knee tape headgear oh, yeah, you're trying to write that all down while you're sort of calling the first five minutes but yeah if I don't have to sort of do any pre-game stuff I'm having a look out there getting a quick look at them as much as you can what's your, what's your sport that you sort of enjoy sort of calling the most have you have you got one or it's... I think I've been lucky to call a few Swans games. Yeah. And because I love the Swans, that's awesome. And it's, yeah. I've been able to do it at 
ANZ Stadium yeah. and the SCG. So the grounds that you adore growing up. Do you have to be impartial when you're calling a game for the Swans? Like you would- I have to try and not say um, yes. we. Yeah, okay. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like collective as a, nouns, yeah, instead yeah. of like at the supporters group, instead of like saying, like us as Swans fans, I'll try and avoid that. But although um, there's a, a media arm called Croc Media, and they're, and they're now running Giants Radio and Swans Radio. Yeah, so those callers just do those games. Yeah. It's like the basketball in the NBA where the callers just do, you know, yeah, Boston, Patriots Celtics Radio, or whatever like, it is. American's yeah. full of it because yeah. it's such a, a big country yeah. and that there's like, there's 32 teams in the NFL. There'd be pretty similar numbers in the NF, uh, in the MLB. And because they've got different markets, you have to have people you recognize. Yeah, yeah. So every, Every Patriots game that I'll listen to, you can click on when I go onto the NFL site. I can go national coverage, Patriots radio, or whoever they're playing's radio. And if it's Patriots radio, it can be very, uh, I guess, biased towards the Patriots. Well, it's a a play-by-play guy who's, like, obviously done his time in, like, college football or baseball or anything like that. And then for the Patriots, they have a fellow called Scott Zolak, and he's an ex-Patriots quarterback who's now just famous as their colour guy. Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass with 11 seconds to go and Scott Zolak says something like, um, unicorns, rainbows, where's the beef? And that's what he just yells out. Just at random. Randomly. They've yeah. scored the winning touchdown. The play-by-play guy's getting drowned out by this Zolak <laughs> fella who's just yelling, rainbows, unicorns, where's the beef? And you just go, like, if you did that in Australia, you probably wouldn't make next week. Yeah. yeah. But because it's so... Fan base orientated, they don't care. They that's love. So they love Scott Zolak, like, and that'd become his sort of thing. You know, yeah. you're, you're waiting for an. You oh, know, that's, that's the soundbite. Like, anytime, anytime you think, what's he going to say this week? Yeah. yeah, and it'd be interesting to see if they did it in the league. Like if they did a, pa- uh, a Panthers radio, and yeah. you had a normal play by play, but you had MG and Gerds as your as your two color guys. Oh, How yeah. much would people? I'd listen to that. Yeah. I'd- I'd like it. It would be an interesting experiment. I think like like places like probably the Storm, North Queensland, yeah. probably have those markets where they can. Sydney's so crowded. Yeah. Did, the, did the Warriors have something similar to that with uh, Vossi? Because he just for a, a state just commentated war, Warriors games. Yeah, and they yeah, had their own, And had, they had their own colour guy that was only you'd ever hear him at uh, where Mount Smart style. Yeah, I think they had because of, um, uh, I think it's like Sky Sports over there that does... Yeah, they. I don't know if they do every single game or if they just do sort of Warriors home games. But um, yeah, they're probably another good example of really being able to just focus because what ninety eight percent of their audience would be listening because they're Warriors fans. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be many other teams, so you're not getting upset that they're concentrating wholly and solely on the Warriors. So it'd be an interesting experiment. But I think with Sydney being like, what are you going to Panthers on ninety six point one or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Like there's. <laughs> Plenty of other places that can yeah. take it over. Did you ever listen to, um, back in the day, during the State of Origin, Roan HG? So you could watch the um, the Channel 9 coverage on the TV, but you'd... Put Triple you sw- J on and yeah. turn the volume down? Yeah, on the TV. No, I, ne- I have since, but didn't at the time. That was a mainstay at our place growing up. Like, you'd wait, Roan HG, you'd go on data, you'd turn off Rabs. Put friggin' Rabs on. You'd be listening to all their nicknames and their funny sort of. Yeah, yeah. You run them past a card table and the kumquat and the brick with eyes and all those yeah, sort of like things. Yeah, that's sick. Like, I mean, is there there's scope for someone to just start broadcasting live 
and do that. I mean, depending upon uh, like the delay, like of the coverage, but like anyone could just start streaming live on Facebook and 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 do a play by play, do a Compan- you, a companion. Uh, yeah, there's companion. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how long until the NRL like ask Facebook to remove your stream. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that would uh, um, Triple M in Melbourne for the AFL have a distinct style. Where it's a lot of nicknames, yeah. Mm. So there's like um, the Possum King or the Push Jake the Push Up King, and they just yell out the Push Up Push Up's got it, Push Up handballs, yeah. Push Up kicks, yeah. So they they really went down that Roy and HD side of nicknames and yeah, in jokes and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, where it hasn't filtered across like Triple M NRL. Uh, yeah, yeah. just they they just call a game and they'll yeah. they'll have a bit of um, fun with it, but not so much of the. Piss taking nicknames like they do in the AFL coverage. Yeah. What, what what's your take on you know you you did um you um commentating on the women's cricket. What's your take? Because I reckon it was great to see that the women's cricket was getting a bit more airplay like last summer with the twenty twenty big bash. Yeah, it's I think um it's one of those things that just because it, we haven't seen it before doesn't mean we don't have to see it. Yeah. Like they used to. I remember growing up, they used to not show the first half of a one-dayer at the SCG if it wasn't a sellout. Yes, yeah, that's right. Really? But was that more to make people go to the ground and buy tickets? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden they realised, well, that's- It's a TV sport. bit silly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, I think just, yeah, just because we hadn't seen it before um, doesn't mean we shouldn't. And these girls are, they're absolute guns. Yeah, well, Lise Perry. Oh, Jet. Absolute Jet. Alyssa Healy. how, How good is she as a- like she's obviously cricket for a country, soccer for a country, and she had to choose between yeah. the two sports because she got too good. And what is she better at cricket than soccer? Oh, no, probably barely had seen her play soccer. She's so so good at cricket, but I think what will be the the beauty of women's cricket going forward is the development money that's going in. So instead of Elise being soccer. And cricket, like she winter, can, winter, summer, she can focus. She on can now just focus mm-hmm. on one. Like I'm, they've just started a 2020 league in England, so a lot of these women will start doing what the cricket, the, the men are doing, yeah. and doing the summer here, summer over there, yeah, and picking up two checks. And I think just the more they play, and that like, was all part of that. Uh, I guess the um, strike, that standoff, was to get more more money into all parts of the game. The women, the uh, Sheffield Shield players and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a massive amount of money went what into. Was it, uh, a lot of the money just kind of going to the Australian players? Is that what it was, or is it? I think it was sort of based more on um, the revenue that each side was bringing in. Yeah. So because the men were bringing in more revenue with TV and sponsorship rights. Yeah. I think the old school way of thinking was, well, we deserve that. Mm. We deserve eighty seven percent of that money. Yeah. Because we're bringing it in. The reason why the gates are full is because of us. Yeah. And so I think they might have thought that they were subsidising the women's game at, mm-hmm. at one stage, and now mm. they've all sort of come on board and realised that they can probably reach out and get more money from bigger brands when you're looking at a whole yeah. sport way, and you can and advertise. That's what done. They haven't taken a hit on their personal money. They've just grabbed more money from the the game. They've got a bit of skin in the game and said we want more money going this way. So mm. increased, I guess, the spend or the expenditure. Back into the game, but haven't all gone like Muzz said to the the men 
it's they've split it out and said we're still getting our big paychecks but we want more money going to the grassroots to the women's game to Sheffield Shield so we can build a stronger Sheffield Shield comp so we've got better players coming you know through for the national side and there's it's also about bringing um, uh, kids in because the CEO of Cricket Australia James Sutherland his son has to choose between AFL and cricket and he chose cricket and if you look at average wage in an AFL play, it's like nearing $400,000. So, if you're a kid at 18 and you've got the AFL people saying, mate, you're a first-round draft pick, so you've got to do a couple of years at 80, yeah. and then your next contract, if you're any good, you're signing upwards of Half 250, mil, 300, yeah, five. And then cricket are saying, oh, yeah, mate, just, just come play shield cricket for three, five years at 80. And if you've scored enough runs... Uh, during that time, you might get a chance to be in that top 25 cricket Australia cricket. contract. Yeah. 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 So I think that's also the pathway of saying, you know what, we actually have to have the, the, the carrot out there to say, yeah. hey, if you're a shield cricketer, you're still earning a really good wage. Yeah. And that way you don't lose. Like, look at Union. How much, oh, if you look at Union now, how much talent would they have lost? Because there's no, there's been no pathway between. Like finishing in your high school, to, like that Joey. Like when right. we were at school, that whole GPS rugby competition was, massive. was yeah. enormous. Well, they were stealing yeah. like Kurt, Kurtley Beal from League and all that sort of stuff. It was huge. It was on TV. Yeah, like, that and now f- it's it's done and dusted. Yeah. And the Wallabies are going to play like I think tomorrow night. Getting yeah, news, but and where's the coverage yeah, on that? There might be there'll be forty thousand people out there, yeah. and. Very little. Do you reckon that's because of the twenties comp and stuff as well? Like for league, there's a pathway through league. Yeah, well, if you're a union yeah. player, like if you get to say you're the the best Joey uh, Joey's union player, and then someone from Parramatta comes to you and says, "Oh, by the way, mate, here's a contract. You come play in our under twenties competition. The contract's for one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Yeah. You'll be in the NRL train on squad in two years' time. Mm. Otherwise, you have to go back to club rugby. Yeah, it might be on footy. Yeah, if yeah. you're not. Like where there's a lot of kids in that, you're not the next Falau. So the yeah. Waratahs aren't coming with the checkbook saying, yeah. here, right, you've got to toil before you break in and you're busting your gut maybe as like a tradie or you're an accountant during the week, but you're trying to play yeah. first grade club rugby, which is the next stepping stone. So I think there's a lot of kids they've missed out on lately. It's strange the pool of talent. Um, obviously, you, you could be a talented player. You could go to union or you could go to league. But it's like, um, I, I just wonder if these, you know, you talk about the average wage of a AFL or whichever sport it may be, is it sustainable, like, to be able to have these um, massive wages yet maintain, um, you know, the viewers each week, maintain people coming through through the gates? It's like, I, I just wonder, because going back to what we're talking about cricket with the women's cricket, I mean, I think the elephant is in the room is if they need to sustain it, like my fear with with that is, it's not successful for one season and then you know it kind yeah. of falls to the wayside. I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, people. It, it's. I think it goes back to the kids, like to build a culture. Like we mm-hmm. we we value watching the women's cricket. I mean, that compared to the men's game. I mean, how do you quantify the difference between the two? I think the easiest way to do it is the different boundaries they've got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's any way to quantify how a men's game is more, not more advanced or, you know, the difference between the two games, it's, it's there. But I just, I hope that they, you know, remain um, kind of fostering that game because you I know, think it's, it's great. Well, that's where that development money comes in. Mm-hmm. Like if the next generation of, 
of uh, girls that have been coming through have been uh, when they get to 16 they start hitting those pathways where they've got like the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. where a lot of these women are coming off like um I think I think it was Susie Bates who's the skipper of the Perth side she was a javelin thrower and she, wow. they've turned her into a fast bowler yeah okay so yeah. she's got that sports background yeah. so I think if you look at sports specific yeah I think it, and I think that's what happens if you look at a lot of the AFL women's players they've brought them in from everywhere yeah and then said we'll, we'll just teach you how to play the game where the next generation are going to come through saying I've been playing AFL since I was eight mm. and yeah. I, I know all it's the skills game. and now it's just like as the boys come through little bits just get added to their game do you reckon the rugby out? league are going to have to f- copy that format because they've oh. done it in uh, obviously the AFL it's first season this year the netball has well they've adopted Collingwood and the Giants yeah. and that's become Big again. Say it again. The netball is adopted. Well, the netball, instead, you know, back in the day, they had the Sydney Swifts and the yeah, Adelaide yeah. Thunderbirds, and the, you had no connection to them. But so, but now, like, Collingwood have uh, a team in. The Giants have a team in. They wear the Collingwood colours. They're yeah, under the, ownership. Oh, they're yeah, under under the, the same banner. Yeah. Like, Eddie Maguire's still the president of the Collingwood, like, girl, like, a netball team as well as the AFL. It's all yeah. under the same thing. They were the two strongest sides too this year. Uh, I, I think GWS might have gone all the way through. but And it's just that game's blown up. Same with the AFL. There's the women's national competition. Do you think a league's going to have to I think they're trying to. From, from what I've read, they're trying to pump money into um, those pathways and the, the lower-grade competitions. Because yeah. I think it is starting to... Rate well, like they played. It wasn't state of origin because it wasn't yeah. purely yeah, yeah. based on where you're from. Yeah, I think it was yeah. more on where, where you're you playing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think they want to now then go down that road, mm-hmm. and that was real, like Fox put that on. That was a good yeah, game. Was, I watched yeah. that. So I think it's just all about let's not judge the, uh, how the games look today. Let's wait. Have a vision. Yeah. yeah. Let's wait three to five years when they've been cherry picked players and yeah. players said. I'm going to be a rugby league player. Yeah. And I've been... Like, the Panthers Academy would be a beautiful example of it. Mm. You'll have, like, Harold Matz SG Ball, and then you'll have whatever the women's competition yeah, yeah. is called yeah. at those similar age groups. Yeah. And I think just getting them through, I think by the time um, your girls have grown up, mm. it will be won't be second nature that you go from watching women's cricket into men's cricket in the summer, and then Saturday Arvo's... Fox will start probably maybe with two games of yeah, yeah, women's yeah. league yeah. that goes into the the main event afterwards. So I think it's more uh, yeah. Let's let's judge things once a stack of money's been put into it and they've been sort of shaped and Developed, coached because yeah. a lot of uh, probably a, a lot of the coaches are just dads yeah. who have decided well why can't my girls play yeah. cricket or why can't my play girls play uh, rugby league mm. and they're just taking them down so they're not. Like yeah. professional coaches by any means. They're just dads who want to see their girls yeah. run around and play the sport that they loved when they were growing up. Yeah. So that's what, um, you know, like, uh, like you talk about Fox Sports and, you know, there's two, is there three Fox Sports channels now? Oh, there's one dedicated to friggin' rugby league yeah. alone. Yeah, one probably and five. But you say yeah. that, but, you know, there's a lot of, um, it kind of feels like a lot of feel. There's a lot of talk back, a lot of panel shows and, and whatnot. Like it's, um, it would be good to see, you know, just more sport because I think there's a lot of people just want to watch the sport and yeah. kind of and maybe, the politics of it. And maybe you get smarter with it and you don't put the women's game on Friday, Saturdays, you put them on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Well, there's no, yeah. no competition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, this is that dedicated day. What are your thoughts on this whole, like, um, you know, there was, uh, we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, you know, it's got the uh, the athletics where it's, um, you know, it's a it's like a, a new wave version of the athletics competition where it's like the world team versus Australia and they got oh, all the different... John, John, oh, John yeah. Stephenson. Yeah, and they, they did something similar to the, um, with the, you know, well, Big Bash is, is another version. It's, it's almost like Sport 2.0 and there's um, there was a netball version of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, oh, the fast. Yeah. Fast five or something. I think yeah. they lessen. They I think they have one less player. You can hit like three pointers from outside the uh, arc. Yeah, I think a lot of those games. Um, I was listening on the way in, and Mitch Bennett was talking about if he can't watch a video, if he doesn't like it, if it doesn't grab him in the first yeah, three seconds, mm-hmm. he changes off. I think that is seeping in to but everybody, mm-hmm. and that's getting a different. It's not getting you rusted on fans. That's trying to find your sort of. Yeah, you ca- a casual techniques. fan that will flick onto the Big Bash, and if it's a test match, go, oh, I'm gone before the over. If they watch the Big Bash first over and David Warner hits four sixes, they're going, well, I'm going to watch this shit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll stick around. They're not doing the Mitch Bennett flick onto the next thing. <laughs> it's so, now called the Mitch Bennett flick. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. But I reckon if you had to tell an eight-year-old now, come on, we'll go to the cricket. Starts at 10. Uh, we'll be home. Uh, last ball's 5.45, and there's 90 overs. Maybe. And then yeah. if it rains, we'll wait there for a while and see what happens. The kid would be like, well, I probably need my iPad. I need- <laughs> yeah. Um, but what else, like, what else is happening? No, yeah. no, it's, it's just a cricket. <laughs> It'll just be like over after over after over. We'll stop and we'll go and get lunch halfway through the day. They'll look at you like you've got four eyes. Of- I know. It's a cultural change, isn't it? You well, know? test cricket was, was the be all and end all for us. Like, test the- cricket was the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then one like the one days came in. They're exciting because they everything was colourful and it finished it like it was under the lights. But even the characters, like the the players, like the players were like not. I guess like you'd subscribe to you know uh, my favourite player was um, Steve War because he had the G and M you know yeah. and I had the G and M bat when I was playing cricket. I killed someone with it, but you know, <laughs> but. but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was like, that was another element to it. It was like, this is sick. Like, I don't know if you remember that Michael Bevan. Oh, massively. Yeah. Like how, what, what a moment. I still sport. go back and watch it. How good is it? I still go back and watch it on YouTube. And it's, and you look at that game compared to where we are now. There wasn't a rope. Yeah. The, yeah. the side screen was one of the old school ones that you still see around grounds that has, um, wheels. Like it's on the ground. <laughs> the ground was huge. Yeah. One sponsor sign that I think was just like the Cricket Australia logo. It wasn't even... Uh, the stumps were just normal white stumps. They didn't have zinger bales or yeah, sponsorship all over them. Like- so, it was, it was so different. But I vividly recall, I think a, a mate of one, Benny Laffin, was actually there, luckily enough. Oh, really? But it's probably one of those games where you ask... Probably people our age now, and there'd be it's probably 150,000 people that said they went to that game. I was, yeah, I was there. So, um, <laughs> uh, I just feel... I think... I wonder how cool, how good the phone has been for society. Like the, the smartphone. Uh, As I'm on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Googling yeah. Michael Bevan. Yeah. It's had all its sort of advantages though, hasn't it? Like you can't take the good stuff, but there's a lot that's of- That's right. It's, but the biggest thing is that everyone wants something now. That's, well, I didn't have a Gregory's in the side of my car when I typed in your address <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Either, hey. I didn't have to thumb through and you'd go from like page 87 and like it would say 87 at the top. And you'd, if you were coming like to the right hand side of the page, yeah. the it'd be like- and it all would say like 
to continue on join page 172. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. I always wonder, why they skip five fucking pages <laughs> yeah. to get... I'm in Glenmore Park now. I want to stay in there. Uh-huh. Why, do, why do I have to go back to page 163 from 50? Yeah. Uh, Whoever wrote that, not thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was better than the first uh, version of it, which was a guy called Gregory. You say, yeah, this way. It's a city in the back seat of your car. Turn left <laughs> in 100 metres. Dude, hey, so I've... We talked about it before. You're doing something on Sundays as well for Sky Channel. What are you doing? What you- yeah, so I'm just a, a producer at, at Sky Racing. So some days it'll be uh, you produce the like 2KY, um, mm-hmm. 1017. Yeah. You produce the morning part of that show. Um, this week I did, uh, what did I do this week? Thursday night we have a show called Formline. So it's a one hour show yep. where we preview all the races on the Saturday. So I line produce that show. So like you telling your host to hurry up or slow down. Oh, or nice. So you're in his ear. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're telling your director, roll that uh, or like come back, bring, bring him back on camera. Don't forget that slide. Do all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, so tomorrow, Saturday, I'll have a, put like a 10 hour prep shift because of the Sunday show is a one hour review show. And we show all the races from about the, say 600 and we arrow them to say like one, two, three, first, second, third. Yeah. And then so we have to cut that, send it to an edit suite. Editor puts on mm-hmm. all the pretty parts on that. Yeah. And then um, you've got super, like anything that comes up on, anything on that Sunday show that you see pop up on the screen, I've probably had a direct hand in preparing or double checking that it's right. Oh, nice. So I spend an hour of the show with restless leg hope, syndrome, hope, yeah. hoping you didn't with miss a, anything. Yeah, and hoping I haven't spelt something wrong, or um, and on the stopwatch because it's TV time and it's encored, so you have to uh, have your segments broken down. You have to have it not like you're off at uh, say ten twenty eight thirty because you've got a ninety second station break at the end of it. Yeah, so I just pretty much spend the whole show shitting myself that I haven't seen something <laughs> spelled wrong or I've spelled Randwick Randick or something like that. that's actually happened on air and uh, so it's a it's a, a long couple of days but it's good because it's sort of like our showpiece show so to be given the trust to say you can you can roll with this and that's come awesome. up with a couple of uh, funky ideas to sort of liven it up. It's pretty cool. And so. does that come like getting into with the racing from your previous employment when you're at the ATC? Yes, yeah, so I think just because you're around and involved in the the industry and horses. I think and- it was more. I was in the. I, I know what's going on. Yep. Um, and I, I all the start all the talent that we work with, I had met sort of eighty percent of them before I'd started. Yep. So I just needed to be taught television, where I didn't need to go in and say. Um, like if a uh, if a trainer comes on our graphics package, the the DA, the director's assistant just hits show trainer and yeah. it will pop up. Where if it's a stable hand like a Darren Beadman or something yeah. who's not the listed trainer, for me I can just see him and say that's Dar- uh, Darren Beadman stable rep, good old yeah. yeah. And then someone's uh, got to type yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. some of the other people who come into the business, but TV but not racing. That's right. Yeah. You're trying to yell out, no, no, that's that's Bjorn's guy, Jack Bruce, or yeah. so. There's a sort of inherent level of knowledge. And then it's also about, I'll work a Sky 1 shift. So, if you ever sat in a pub or club, you've got Sky 1, the red channel, yep. and Sky 2, the blue channel. Yeah, yeah. So, not our secondary races, but Sky 2 is used as a fallback because there's so many races that we cover in it every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. So, if you produce Sky 1 and uh, Penrith Harness is a minute and a half late. Yeah. 
I'll have to shift them off because it's impacting the next wagering window for the next venue. Yeah. So you might have Bendigo Dogs coming up next. Well, it's it's unfair if everyone just keeps running late. Yeah. Because the amount of money wagered late, because you see see it every day when you go into a pub. How many blokes do you see running running to the machine? It's always either the best thing in the world when I just missed the start or the... It's, there's yeah. never a happy medium where, oh, well, it's either, fuck, <laughs> I just yeah. lost my buddy, or, ooh, lucky I didn't get on that one because <laughs> yeah. that ran backwards. And, and and you're so smug, you're like, I meant that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I so meant to not put that bit on. Yeah, that's me saying, nah, they're, they're too late. Oh, they're yeah. off to Sky 2. So you're, you're telling the director, nah. Get, oh, right. Off to Sky 2. Have in your boxes come? Get the dogs ready. What are they doing oh. over there? No, but because, because the clubs get revenue off the... Gam- the um, advertising? No, off the off the bets coming yeah. in, ah. they sometimes go on the go slow, ah, okay, because they know the late money He's comes in, in and fills their pools yeah, up. Yeah, yep. So, wow. So there's a bit of ducks and drakes going on where they know they're allowed to be a certain amount of time late. I can't once they get to five seconds late, I can't toss them because that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so they know they've got twenty seconds, or if they know the next race is. Not for yeah, five minutes. Yeah, got a bit of time. They've got a bit of time. They know that I'm not going to jeopardise what the channel looks like and toss them and go to a break or something just yeah. because they're a minute late. So, yeah. there's a bit of sort of feeling yeah. out and realising what your next venue is. Have you gotten all your ads out ah. in the hour? Because you'll get hit over the hand if you haven't. Like, you'll, you can say to Prez, how far behind am I on paid content? And they'll yeah. say five minutes and it's like 10.35 and you're going, oh, geez, it's going to be a tough 25 minutes here as you've just got to try and uh, whack ads out like you'll race. I just feel. Yeah. yeah. We've so only played five of the 13,000 sport bet ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, nah, it's good. It's really good fun. Um, I did prefer the five-minute drive from Waverley to Ranwick yeah. <laughs> over the <laughs> yep. 45 to an hour 15 from Waverley to French's Forest, but- yep. You start listening to podcasts like this and ah, <laughs> gets you through the drive. <laughs> so, yeah, so driving from there to uh, you're doing that change is when you're at the ATC and there was a massive, uh, or there's a bit of stuff in the media about uh, you, you got in there, you were in the media about that. And I, are you on, is there, a, there's a band, there was a band of some sort? There was sort? a band. I, um, when, when I was at the AJ, ATC, I was a, a racing official. So I'd either be a, a judge or a photo finish operator. Yep. Or I'd help weigh the jockeys in and out after the races. So you're not allowed to bet. Yep. And you're not allowed to have, what they what's the word? Uh you're not allowed not allowed to have a pecuniary interest in, in any race cut. at all. Any or race you're there involved in. Yeah. Oh, okay. And young, dumb, mm-hmm. had a couple of accounts in my name and because we were going to the races, I would have gone, you'd work two Saturdays in the month. Yeah. Every Wednesday and you'd go to the trials, which might be once or twice a week. I knew these horses inside and out. Oh, and although really? my betting slip didn't show it, <laughs> I um, like you'd probably have to have a quick look at the horses to memorise them because when they come across the line, in case the computer fails, you've got written down the finishing places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, so we just bet. Yeah. And all of a sudden one day, another fella in the office got a letter from the stewards saying, you need a front end inquiry. How did they get onto you, bud? Um, if you're a betting company and you want to bet on races in New South Wales, 
you have an agreement with the governing body racing New South Wales to say we can ask for any of the information. information. Yeah. And I think they just did some random, threw some random names in and yep. hit on hit on a couple. Yeah. And I thought it'd be better off that I admit guilt. Yeah. It's the old hit yeah. and run scenario. Yeah. yeah. If you if you run off and they bust you, you're, you're in more trouble. Yeah, it's even worse. Which I thought was going to happen. Turns out I didn't get massive leniency for it and uh, copped an 18-month ban. Yep. And they, they call it uh, you're disqualified. Yeah, yeah. And you're not allowed. So I wasn't allowed to step foot. I had to ask You for, couldn't even go to the track and- Nah, couldn't. As a spectator, nothing? No. Nah. So um, I had to ask for like special dispensation to pick my wife up. Because she, she works. She yeah, works she there. works yeah. there. Uh, so you go from like a, a good paying job and next thing I'm like parking cars at Bondi Junction Valet. Yeah. And then I did, I don't know, probably three months mowing lawns. Yeah. So it was good. It was a massive kick in the ass. Yeah, wake up. But a good what? one, I think, at the same time. Because like, you, what do you just, what do you just kept, I guess, because there's nothing, I'm just having a bet on this race. Yeah, I was like having a bet. Would anyway. Yeah, yeah you kind of normalise it, I guess. Yeah. How, how old were you, Muzz? Oh, I would have been, um, it was 2014, so I was 27. Yeah. Um, so, just a really good learning experience. Yeah. Really absolutely. good. One of the, and like, I never, I had never worked. In like doing labouring or anything. Yeah. The next thing I was mowing lawns every day, and, and you that was good fun. Yeah, like you eight to four, and I was down at the beach. Like it was summertime, so I was yeah. hot as hell. And you finish off and just run down to Bronte and have a dip. Yeah, yeah. but it was a yeah, a really good wake up. Just to say, probably I probably what didn't need to be knocked down a peg. Like attitude, I probably attitude wise because I thought. That I could just get away. Like, it, it was, was one of those things. Noble, where, but you come clean. You came yeah, came clean. Fell on my sword. I just never thought. I never thought that you could. That I could have gotten banned. Yeah, I thought that I might have been fined or some sort. Or yeah, some sort of other penalty. And then when the chief steward lumps you with an eighteen month ban. Yeah. <laughs> the next day you're ringing for a lawyer. And, yeah. yeah. So you're back now. Your beans. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I appealed to the the higher authority. And got it down to six months, but problem is the old Google machine. Not too many people wrote about the the uh, appeal outcome. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it was it was just easier to write up. about the first one. So it took me probably took me fifteen, sixteen months to get a full time job. After that, afterward, yeah. And I reckon a lot of it was you throw in a resume and the HR person. I reckon Google. the first thing they do is pitch on Google. Google. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, if they see something like that, it's probably pretty easy for them to say, you know what? Probably not worth the battle. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's the bad, the yeah. bad publicity potential. Oh, not even, probably not even that, but just nah. Yeah. Char- character flaw, like red flag straight mm-hmm. off the bat. Probably just easier to put you in the no pile. So I was very lucky to get the job at, at, uh, at Sky. Sky. And you must be like, when you got that job, you're like, I'm back, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I opened up all my accounts again. <laughs> no, you've never seen someone more frightened <laughs> when the HR person was like, here's our, uh, here's our anti-gambling forms. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't have a single account anymore. So, so do you have, do you have a, can you have a punt now? I don't even drive it. I think it's going to rain. Uh, you're not allowed to from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk out. But if you're... So tonight, if we've gone to the pub, to we, do can, this, we can have I, a, I can have a bit. Just yeah. it's once you once you walk in the door to leave the door, you can't. You can't. So, dude, you, and of on your social media, you're traveling 
everywhere. You've been, it seems like you're overseas. You try to get away, obviously, a fair bit. Yeah. cultured. <laughs> a little bit. I'm, uh, the, uh, the boy from Penrith via Melbourne, now at Bronte slash Waverley, <laughs> done all right. No, um, I think we're lucky. I, I don't have kids with my wife, so we're not tied down to yeah. anything at home. Easy mortgage to cover. Nini has an easy mortgage to cover. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, we just try and think of up. I love Airbnb. It's It's the best. That is one of the greatest inventions that's gone around because we've probably done, so we've done five or six weeks in Europe over the last sort of three years. I reckon we've had four nights in hotels. And the rest rest of it's just Airbnb. Like we. Because uh, like you're getting houses like in the local town, so yeah. you're a bit more connected to the actual yeah, the people. Well, um, we were in, we stayed in Tuscany, and um, the grandma, like we parked the car. Even funnier story was we asked for a little Fiat 500, cheapest car, only two of us. We didn't need the yeah. back seat. That was where the luggage was going to go. Rock up to the Hertz at um, Pisa Airport. Ah, oh, Mr. Canon. Oh, Thanks very much. We've actually upgraded you to a Volvo station wagon. You're going, mate, do you realize I've got to drive through like a stack of windy roads? Yeah. <laughs> so for the next like hour and a half as we drove through, because it was the other side of the road, um, Nanny was like oncoming traffic side. So she was like flinching at trucks <laughs> going like, just, just watch your, like, I think you need to be over toward, toward the center line because you're, your right shoulder is riding the center line. Yeah. Not the other way around. No. Your left shoulder's riding the center line. So, she's like yeah. dodging things and going, it's all right. So, I wish we had the little feet <laughs> to get us through the roads. But <laughs> grandma comes down and takes us upstairs into this little like one bedroom apartment. And she's showing us everything, bathroom, kitchen, whatnot. And she's like, Whiffy, Whiffy. I'm going, Whiffy. I'm going, boy. <laughs> I know it's been a long day traveling, but- uh like, do I stink? And she goes, Whiffy. And she points, and it's the Wi-Fi uh, password <laughs> that's printed out, the name of the Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, but that's awesome. Like, the, the grandma made, like, little hors d'oeuvres that were sitting on the bench. That's you awesome. get a little, uh, like, their coffee pot, and you're just trying to, like, because people, a lot of the people leave, um, like, if you've gone and bought oil and butter and salt and pepper, you don't take it with you, yeah, you just yeah, leave it there. Yeah. So, the next person that comes around has got like, some- Stuff to cook with. So, I love that aspect of the whole thing. Like, flew into Dublin. The lady knew we were getting in late. So, she put a six-pack of beer and a frozen pizza in the fridge. Oh, so, she's that. like, here's the keys. This is how you get in. Oh, look, I know it's late. Here's your six-pack of Guinness. <laughs> yeah. There's it. some beers in the fridge and just turn the oven on. So, like, it's a really awesome way of- Not that we've kept in contact with anyone, like any of your hosts, yeah. afterward- but like you said before, it's just an awesome way of being able to live in that city where you're not in that sort of sterile uh, hotel, hotel environment. With a bunch of other tourists. Yeah. And, yeah, that's cool. And you, like you, you're traveling and your wife, Nini, who we've mentioned a heap of times in that, uh, in that story, driving on the wrong side of the road, flinching and stuff. <laughs> she was pretty crook a few years ago and she's, she's going all right now. Yeah. So it would be, um, seven. Uh, seven years ago, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer that had metastasized into her bones. So, metastasized. What, what does that mean? Uh, it's like the secondary. So it has moved. It's uh, you've got like your your primary site. Yep. And then secondary or metastasized. Yep. Um. So, yeah, that was a an eye. We were, had been dating for a year. 
oh, 15 months. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're being told like you can't have kids. Like, because hell. it was um, uh, hormone positive. So yep. it was feeding, the, the tumor was feeding off her estrogen. Yep. So they, they had to put her into uh, early onset menopause. So like you're being told by two strangers that you haven't, you've known for all of five minutes, kids off the table. Oh, no. Um, and like that was, Nanny's <clears throat> older than I am, so much tougher for her and like being the female. It's yep. a, mm-hmm. And when her friends have had it and now my friends are going through it, so it's a whole sort yeah. of another kick in the guts yeah, that absolutely. she's uh, she's got to go through. And then um, elected to uh, like treatment uh, sort of zapped the, the tumour right down and then um, it progressed once. And they took the took the tumor out, um, and then she's had a couple of goes at radiation and more needles and a no. spotlight factory. Like it's so at the moment, it's stable. It's stable, and you were saying before off air that it's just on. It's sort of just constant, basically maintenance. Yeah, maintenance. Stuff. Yeah, just got to keep mowing. So she has treatment every three weeks up at Prince of Wales. Yeah, you were saying it's like mowing the lawn. Yeah, basically. just mowing the lawn. And well, as we were saying before, it's one of those things where I think that's where they hope cancer treatment to go you make it a make it a chronic condition yeah, not something right. that you're gonna die of yeah, yeah. So, something you manage something and, can be yeah and it's like the the betting you learn a lot about yourself very quickly when you've got to figure out how you're gonna take her up to the hospital or how you're gonna um arrange your life like we arrange yeah. it in three week slots like we were saying before every holiday yeah. She'll say, we'll figure out dates off her calendar and then we'll say to the the doctors, that Thursday treatment, can we push to Monday? Nina, you can have treatment Monday and we'll fly out Tuesday morning or Tuesday night yeah, and get your and really try and get. And then yeah. a lot of the time we'll fly in. I think the last time we flew home, 6 a.m., she was at the hospital. We did treatment like three or four hours later. So with the treatment, you say so she'll get the treatment, say, you know, Monday morning you fly out on the Tuesday. What what is what is the treatment? Uh, so at the moment she's on something called TDM one, and it's just intravenous mm-hmm. um, in the family of um, chemotherapy, but a lot less um, harsh on the body. Okay. So because she's in that maintenance phase, they don't have to thump her. A lot of uh, women and men who get diagnosed with cancer. If it's progressed far enough, they want to really thump it hard. So that's why it's you lose all your hair, you crook yeah. as a dog. To stop the growth. That, to stop that, it, yeah. Mastitizing? Yeah, yeah. mastitizing. So they just need to stop it straight away. So for a woman, it might be a, a tumor in the breast. Yeah. They just need to thump them with chemo and radiation so it's done. Yeah. And progression rates aren't great after that, um, sort of getting it again. But the hope is you just nail it early. Yeah. And then it's done and dusted. Where Nini, they can treat her a little bit more mildly mm-hmm. because it's an ongoing. It's it's never going to go away. You can't replace your bones. So bloody hell, yeah. And she, so she's she's up, but like still, it's a day to day normal stuff. She's at I, I see it sort of on Facebook and stuff. She's always at work. And yeah, no, she was at work, uh, and- Thursday morning. She was out at Rose Hill at six a.m. to see Winks gallop at track work. She'll be out at uh, Ramwick tomorrow from 11 or so. That's, and she'll yeah. do all the races, tweet, Facebook, Snapchat. So, what, how, what do you mean? Tweet and Facebook and Snapchat? So, she's the, you'll see her, like her phone's like a part of her body where she'll 
film. She'll <laughs> like film the horses going across the line, yeah. or she'll take photos of the winners coming back to scale. Or so she's the man- the, social media. Yeah, she's the social media manager. Ah, oh, okay. At, at uh, the ATC, so she's got, I think it's something like three hundred thousand people to connect with over different yeah. platforms. Bloody hell, she must have the fastest thumbs this side of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, she's just <laughs> thumping away. And then she's... Uh, does she get home and go, I am so sick of using social media? <laughs> or does she get home and opens a knee personal account <laughs> and gets the selfies and put the nice filter on it? Yeah. Well, I think, unfortunately, um, the, the way with social media is she almost needs to adjust her times. Like, she doesn't have to go to work at 9 o'clock because the big times for social media... Traffic are later in later. the day. So she'll still come home oh, okay. and punch out a bunch of tweets or she'll have them at least um, scheduled Ske- yeah, yeah, so she can hit the traffic yeah. for when people are on the train on the way home or when they get home instead of having something down the- right down the timeline that might not got that yeah. might not get hit. Yeah. She's had to punch she's out more content. So that's probably one thing that any social media manager will tell you is that, that it's and it's almost 24-7 because if she doesn't write back to somebody's comment or tweet or message on Facebook. Oh, so she's replying to all that stuff too. Yeah, well, somebody might write, um, can I bring a picnic basket in or how do I buy group tickets? And you can't, like you look at it on Facebook. If you look at a um, a page or a business page, it says- Yeah, they could have responded to yeah, stuff. Yeah, typically responds in X amount of minutes. So she can't, she can't afford to have- somebody comment three times and saying, why aren't you writing back to me? So, you could be at a dinner and she's just on that. Yeah, massively. Going. Yeah, she'll she'll have a look. And with racing, there's stories and races on nearly every day that she has to try and sort of keep up with and yep. messages they want her to pump out. So, it's a it's a tough gig. And then- But it's one thing she loves. I was saying before, she's pony club. She's had four different horses that yeah. her, her dad and mum have had to buy for her for a long time. And- <laughs> Mum still takes a horse with her sister out and about now. Um, so, you met her through through the races, it sounds like it. Yes. She was uh, Bob Carr's secretary for ages. Oh, wow. And then Bob resigned and Morris Yemma came in. Yep. And she worked for Morris for a little bit and decided that uh, it wasn't the same sort of environment that it was before. And she went and worked at Warner Music for- I think three or four years. Oh, nice! And I think she hit Warner at its absolute peak. Like they, the pictures on our wall have got Kylie, Coldplay, you name oh, some nice. of the big artists. Yeah. So she's been to every gig and every party. So she That's had, a, awesome. had a great four years at Warner, and then um, music industry not, not paying great. She had to start with a mortgage, so decided that she could uh, go to Ramwick and was the um, assistant to the CEO. And the great part for me was upstairs, my office was on the ground floor and the CEO decided that the middle floor needed to be refurbished. It was all old school closed offices all the way down the center. He decided that it would be open plan. So, in the weeks leading up to Nene starting, I had realized that in our office, the CEO was going to come in, the CFO was going to go there. His secretary was going to go there and the new secretary was going to come and sit right next to me. Yeah. One of the boys says, oh, I've heard a story about Norman's new EA. Apparently, she's an absolute glamour. And being 20, 22, 23 and single, I was like, you yes. little beauty. <laughs> and um, she walks in first day and I was just like, holy hell, how good's this? And she's a very young face. So, when we started talking- she said that 
she had worked at Bob's and then Warner. No, she hadn't mentioned Bob. And she said she'd been at uni and Warner. Anyway, when you first started at Ramwick, they'd send an email around. HR would send an email around saying, here's Nini's profile. First thing I did was click on it. <laughs> About six million Very hard. And I um, <laughs> jump on it. Nini starting as Norman Gillespie's um, EA. Rah, rah. Uh, she's just finished up at Warner Music. Before that, she did 10 years with Bob Carr. And I had in my head, she was like 26, 27. So I'm sitting there going... She worked for Bob Carr when she was 14. I'm like, how does this maths work? <laughs> Eventually found out she was um, uh, sort of nine years older than I. Yeah. So first stumbling block. <laughs> Second stumbling block, get her drunk enough at a work function. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd like to thank the people at uh, Sauce Bar and Grill at Coogee. Yeah, shout out to Sauce Bar and Grill and, at and the good people at the Coogee Bear Hotel. <laughs> So, that was uh, horse's birthday, actually. The, we had a work function on her horse's birthday. And then I had to do a, a lot of hard work post. Yeah. Did you have to change your game up, Mars? Did you have to, you know, bring in the bit more maturity? You know? Yeah. Was, I've I've got come in with work. a smoking jacket and a pipe. <laughs> and, <laughs> a, and a monocle. Yeah, I went, I went with like, leather patches on my elbows for a while there, yes. which is a bit awkward. And then... Um, and then it was like American Pie when uh, Ostriker takes the college girl out. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't be so direct early. Yeah. Just, just calm down. They so. call me Casa. You know? <laughs> so, uh, no, it was really cool. And then it's gone from there. And then uh, after her diagnosis, uh, the great people in the racing industry had a benefit night for her where we yep. raised a sack of money for her ongoing treatment. We got given a return trip to the States. Yeah. First stop, New York. And then we were Vegas, LA home. Mm-hmm. While we're in New York, we say to each other, what if we got married while we're over here? We weren't engaged. No one, had, no one had said a thing. And we were walking past the massive Tiffany store in New York. Mm-hmm. We said, let's just duck in. Tried a few rings on. Let's see what we like. If we don't like anything, so be it. If we find something, let's see what happens. Found something. Paid an arm and a leg, got these little <laughs> Tiffany box cakes and a glass of champagne from them. And then we thought, rightio, now we've got wedding bands. How do you get married in America? Looked up the New York state rules, and that's 48 hours from the time you get a marriage license to when you can get married. We were leaving in like 36. So, New York- Out of the question. Out of the question. <laughs> Nevada, next stop, Nevada. Oh, oh Elvis Chapel. Home of the yes. shotgun wedding. So, we get to the hotel and Nene rings up and she says- She had Googled a couple of places. Graceland's little chapel. Oh, oh was it Elvis? Yeah. No, Elvis walked us down the aisle or walked Nene down the aisle. And so, she rings up. What have you got tomorrow? Four o'clock. Sound good? Yeah, sure. See you then. So, they said, all you got to do is go to the courthouse, get a marriage license tonight and you'll be sweet. So, went and did the Vegas things and then went to the courthouse- Filled out the paperwork and there were like a few other people. It was like the, it's like the RTA. You go there and pull a number. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's looking miserable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's but then there's um, like people out the front getting wanting to be your celebrant. Like there was <laughs> the oh, sprookers. Sprookers. Like tapping the cards. Yeah. Like you got the, the Mexicans. Yeah, the Mexicans. Here's, here's the hookers. With and, the seven and gallons of celebrant. water. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the bloke was like, oh, mate, I, we just did a, um, I did a marriage today in a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. Like, do you want to do that? 
Like, oh, no, it's all right. It's all sorted. What's your best pitch? You've been pitch. <laughs> yeah. I know. This is awesome. So <laughs> then went, yeah, next day, limo piles up. Like, you, it's all all-inclusive package with Elvis. You can either have Elvis as the celebrant or just Elvis involved. And we just had Elvis involved. So the photographer was the witness on the on the marriage license. Elvis is sitting there and he says, oh, where are you guys from? We said, Australia. And he goes from just strumming his guitar to strumming Land Down Under. Yeah. Straight away. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, that's pretty cool. He must be he must be good at uh, his craft. But you could also tell that he had bought his Elvis suit a few years earlier because it just didn't zip up all the way. <laughs> but so it was, it, was, it, was, it was old. the old Elvis eating the, what was it, the peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwiches yeah. and shooting the TV when he didn't like what was on yeah. it. <laughs> so, my you know, shooting the TV, my bucks day was... Me going to a shooting range that morning. <laughs> then he rang the salon in the hotel and said, oh, can I get my hair and makeup done? I said, well, I'm going shooting. So, <laughs> went downstairs, said, take me to the nearest shooting range. So, there's an awesome picture. I've got this like M16, just <laughs> massive rifle thing. You're shooting like zombies and Osama, <laughs> pictures of Osama Bin Laden. Like, because you, <laughs> you could go there, you go there and you know, there's um different targets you could yeah. shoot at. And... So you choose your guns, like the six, I'm getting the six gun package. So I'm like, I'll have the Glock, I'll have the shotgun, <laughs> sniper rifle. And then the, you choose your targets. I choose a couple of targets. And one of them was picture of a, um, a, a man holding a woman around the neck. And then it was just reverse the other side. So I said to the bloke, I'll use the Glock for this one. Pretend I'm a detective. And yeah, I'm going to take the shot. Shot it straight in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like coming back. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then you've got to wear uh, like uh, year seven science goggles. Yeah. And I've got the sniper rifle. And if you see any movie with a sniper guy, he's got it like up against his eye. Yeah. And the bloke's like, don't don't have it that close. You'll break your face. Well, I thought I had it far enough back. First shot, bang, straight back into my nose. Bust the nose for the no, morning? I'm thinking to myself, please don't be broken. I'm like, oh, no, nah, it's okay. Oh, good, good. Radio, all good. <laughs> get back, get changed. Half an hour later, you're married, so. Oh, Shotgun wedding in Vegas. <laughs> Six Elvis with the Elvis. Uh, with with Elvis singing three, yeah, three songs included and a, and a bouquet of flowers. Oh, that's a six. Save you plenty. Online? Yeah, photos online. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, good way to do it. If you're uh, not wanting to spend like oh, what's the Australian average? Like oh, 30, 40 grand yeah. at least. If you're some pretentious person in Bondi, one hundred ninety thousand yeah, dollars uh, smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> I know it gets a bit out there, doesn't right. it? But that's friggin' that's a cool story. No, nah, yeah, that's really cool. Oh, I do enjoy uh, telling that one. And, okay, and tell me this: uh, the top weight in the first at Ascot every week is the best bet. Is that right? Uh, Willie Pike. What do they say? Back, <laughs> yes. um, back Pike. Drink what you like. I think it's something, <laughs> something like that. Because there's another one. that has got a fish connotation. Pike and who's the other jockey? Um, I don't know. This Google will help you. I think we're playing. I'll, po- I'll, po- I'll post production that in, and it'll be smooth as shit. <laughs> so, so yeah. So now, so you can't, uh, you can't bet why you're working, but it's you can still, you can gamble. Sort yeah, of and I think it's been one of those good things where it's I was actually probably, probably hindsight. I was gambling massively, massively. It's probably one of those things where. I was a terrible punter. <laughs> when you went through all the bets, I was like, Jesus, Mario, what were you doing? Did, did, did you know too much? Did you know too much? Oh, I, probably, I probably thought I knew yeah. what was going to happen. And I probably was never doing form. Like, I think what happened was you'd have 35 minutes between races. And up in the judges box, you've either got to get a lift down to the bottom to go and see anyone or do yeah. anything. And it was probably a bit of boredom in there. And you were just like, $3 trifecta won't hurt anyone yeah. or... 
And so it was a, yeah, a really good lesson and a good way to stop. Stop the, yeah. So at least slow down the punting. Try and, try and work smarter on the punt, not well, just we, continually do it. How did, how did you get smarter on the punt for? Um, well, whenever you lose, you bet more to get it back. Oh, yeah. How's that? How's no, that? whiting. Is it whiting, jockey? No. Did, sure. you, did you Google jo- jockeys with fish Jockey names? Octopus? No, no. Anyway. Um, dude, even listening to your voice, he's sitting a bit further back from the mic, but I can hear the potential in it. <laughs> he got some silky tones. Do you reckon we could give your voice a bit of a test run to, um, to, co- to commentate a, a bit of a play for us? Yeah, That's sure. right. Cool. So we're just going to fade out the sound, everyone, and we're going to bring in the sound of the crowd. Let's take a step back in time and cast your ears back to 1996. January 96, Michael Bevan at the SCG. Two balls remaining. He's got Glenn McGrath at the other end. So he's hoping Pigeon doesn't have to face the last ball and he's hit it straight back. Nearly a caught and bowled opportunity. So four runs off the final ball. It all comes down to Michael Bevan. The left-hander from Canberra. Glenn McGrath will just sit back and not do anything, which is good for the Australians. 40,000 Sydney siders of the SCG going absolutely bananas. $3.50 schooners in the members bar. And it's been a long, hot summer's day. And it all comes down to this, to Bevan. Straight back over the bowler's head. Four runs. Australia wins off the last ball. And Michael Bevan is a new Australian hero. He lifts the bat to the crowd. Pigeon gets around him with a hug and a bum tap. And this man has written himself on the back page of the Telegraph tomorrow. Michael Bevan with a four off the last ball. And the SCG crowd is going completely mental. These kids will tell their kids where they were the night Bevan hit four from the last ball. Yeah! <laughs> when you call it, Muzz, do you, oh, this is, you know every kid gets that um, that whole, like whoever they, they're watching Daryl East Lake, you get that twang. If it's raps, is it hard to get your own yeah, sort of your style. own style? I think, and because I loved the twelfth man for so long, (laughs) I could like I could sit there and you could go into a Tony or a Bill or any one of them. So I think for a lot of it, I've just you just got to try and think. No one wants to hear you impersonate somebody else. else. Yeah, Yeah. it's there finding your own style. And I think, and lately, um, I think I'm yelling too much in my rugby league stuff. We're too excited. Yeah, I think every try I've called has probably been the greatest try of all time <laughs> where maybe I've got to need some vanilla yeah I think you've got to find and I think you hear a lot a few callers work through the gears yeah I think maybe sometimes I'll go from like second to fifth real quick yeah. and, like, and like when you, t- are you, t- you t- it's all like is it self talk can you go to a broadcasting commentary sort of I training think, course or is nah, it no I think you you could probably go to like a voice yeah you could probably go to some voice coaches um, but they're not going to help you I think it's just it's just keep doing it. It's mm. actually another one of the ten thousand hours thing. Yeah, where yeah, you become yeah, a, yeah. like you an expert at a subject after ten thousand hours. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I think it's just realizing, yeah, work your way through a try. Don't go from the break and then just like fifteen seconds of yeah. the whole way through. I think that can get 
grating on some people. And, and you do see with some particular cause that- Harder to listen to. Yeah, and they, they yeah, you go from zero to 10 real quick. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's one thing that I'll, I'll always write myself notes, um, like on my call sheet or whatever I've got of just a couple of things. And I think one from now on, I'm just going to write the top of the page is gears. Yeah. And just figure out that not every try is- uh, Thurston's conversion in origin. Yeah. Or so the- you'll have you'll have notes in front of you when you're working, just with little key key things. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I've tried to, um, like with radio, you you need to tell people the score and the time of the game often. So sometimes I might have written their score or um, like go to scoreboard. Yep. Um, people like to hear from the sideline eye guy. Um, after like maybe one in every two or three sets, so you might just write like go to sideline. Just a couple of things that you can think to yourself, all right, come on, don't just keep talking to yourself or mm. talking yourself, find yeah. find another way in. And then that, and then when I've done games, people have said, use the people around you. So, if you've got an expert commentator with you- Yeah. Bring them into conversation or yeah. something. Bring them in more. Yeah. If I feel like- um, When we call at the SCG, there's the, most of the media call from the Bruongle stand. Yep. But when I call for the uh, National Indigenous Radio Service, most of the time we're there uh, Friday, Saturday nights. So, everyone's there. So, we get shifted around to the noble stand. And instead of calling the game from a television perspective, we call the game north-south. So, you're looking down the ground, which is very hard with AFL when players are running away from you. You can't see their numbers. And some of the teams that I've done before- Facial recognition isn't great. Like, if I'm calling a Crows game, I haven't seen- I've seen them a bit, and I can try and memorize the numbers as much as possible, but when they're running toward me, yeah. I've got no chance. And that's where a few people have said, bring your commentator in there, bring your, your expert in. When you're feeling like you're a little bit stuck and you're searching for a player, or you're looking down at your sheet going, who the bloody hell's that? I know, that must- when you're starting out, you must be, fuck, who is that? Yeah, well, I, I remember last year- I had called three games of Sydney AFL Grand Finals out of Blacktown. The Swans were playing the Crows on a Saturday night in an AFL semi-final, and I was only going to be the stats guy. So, I had done a fair bit of number work on it at season averages and bests and stuff like that, but I hadn't given Adelaide a good look one to whatever, 45. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, rightio. So, I finished it at Blacktown for the Sydney AFL. I had about an hour to get home and I knew it was going to take me probably an hour 15 with the way traffic is getting into the city. I'm about to get into Eastern Distributor and I get a phone call from the other commentator, a fellow called Dan Lonigan, who's called for the ABC for a number of years. He says, Mars, Smokey's voice is gone. You're calling. Yeah. <laughs> so one, it was, yes, how good is this? This is oh, an AFL semi-final. Yeah. And then it's, holy shit. <laughs> if I look at these Crows players right now, there's five that I probably know of straight away. So, player ID is something I've done two games of AFL this year. I did the Giants, Bulldogs in Canberra, and then I did Swans, Hawthorne at the G, and I spent the week just- Yeah, memorizing. Like someone, I remember someone told me uh, writing with red pen- is a good way to memorise something. Okay. So I'm writing. I'm writing names down. I'm I'm watching as much of me, as many replays as I can. Yeah. Um. During the week, just to get a sense, and then I've gone. 
a lot of the teams do an open training session session at the SCG and say it's a Friday night game. They'll come up Thursday and six o'clock Thursday afternoon or evening, they have an open session for everyone to go there. And remember I did it for Collingwood last year and I'm thinking, yes, they're all going to wear their warm-up tops, have their number on the back. Yeah. I'll get a good half-hour view of a few of these fellas. Collingwood run out and they're just in like black tees. I'm going, <laughs> this doesn't help. Come on. Yeah. Go out and I go to see Hawthorne. And there's like 60 fans there Yeah, that are all getting around. Cause, and then the players do such a good job. They go and sign every autograph post for every photo. They run out. The SCG guys didn't turn the lights on for about 25 minutes. They were just like training in the dark. I'm going, come on. <laughs> give me something. They're making it real hard. Yeah. And then, so I'm just like pretending to hang around for the autographs. Yeah. Going. Did you say, saw your name and your number? <laughs> yeah. And here's just, a red pen. And, yeah. and, and something about, something a bit, bit just personal about yourself. just photo so I can memorize who you are. <laughs> so, that, that actually does help because the binoculars, um, they do give you a good little zoom in. So, anything like a forearm tattoo, like I remember a guy from the Giants, his name's Zach Williams. He has a forearm tattoo only. So, every time I can see him, as soon as I can see that little forearm tattoo, I know it's Zach Williams. Yeah. So, there's just ways and it's the beauty of being a professional caller is that those blokes are doing two or three games a week. Yeah. And then during the week, if they wanted to watch 10 hours of tape, they can. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm in a studio apartment with my wife saying, <laughs> the TV's blaring. We've got no way of like separating it. Yeah. The lounge room to the bedroom. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, some good games to do, and then some days you just got to absolutely pile in the study and the and the work beforehand, and yeah. then the little light comes on and you're live, and you're going shit. You better find a name and find it quick. But it must be the rush of that, dude. There must be something so satisfying about knowing that you you finally got here and you're going across airwaves. Yeah, like it's getting like. Do you ever stop? If I feel if I was doing that, I'd stop and think about that and completely put myself off and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's I that's did magic, my, man. Yeah, my first game last year was Swans. It was either the Swans Hawks or Swans Tigers, and at quarter time, I'd had that meant that much water and coffee before the game. I needed to go to the bathrooms, which are right behind us. But I walked out the door and just did this massive air punch because I was just re- I just realised that. You've just called your first half hour yeah. of an actual AFL game. Yeah. It's not That's you sitting sick. at home pretending anymore. It's like, although New South Wales Cup's great, it's only at a very local level. This is like, this is prime time stuff. Yeah. It's Friday night footy at the SCG. There's 40,000 people going bananas and yeah. the Swans are playing the Tigers and you've got to describe 15 minutes of it. So, yeah, I, I vividly remember running, walking out after that first quarter just going, Yes! It's happened at last. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we can do another high five because you just finished your first podcast. Oh, you're guilty. It's a working title. Dude, we, I'm going to leave uh, everyone with, I want a tip for Mayweather-McGregor uh, fight, Murray, next, which is next uh, Sunday. I want uh, winner, round, and how. Winner, round, how. And everyone put your money on it. And if it doesn't come off, Murray's address, we'll post it on, on Twitter and well, he'll, he'll pay you back. There's, I do I do like a roughie every now and again. Yep. So, McGregor in like the second by knockout is, if you're going to go early with, if you're going to back McGregor, you may as well back him early. Yep. 
Because what everyone says is that he's not going to last mm-hmm. 12 rounds. So, you either go him in the early rounds by knockout. Otherwise, you go Big Floyd maybe by points. That's probably the- What's, what's the betting? That's probably the yeah. $2. It it's, would be very heavily favourite because he's So he's it's uh, McGregor to Merck Mayweather in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> put, put, your what, money, put your money on it. I'd love to uh, Temple Bar. Temple Bar Dublin to be oh, there for that fight. Would, that be, would just be, um, be brilliant. <laughs> the cops. Especially if he gets up. It'll be the way. It'll be right squad stuff. It'll be manic if he loses. It'll be manic if he, uh, yeah. if he wins, if he murks him somehow. But, dude, thanks for coming in. My pleasure, it's been boys. Awesome. I've, I've got much. another... 500 hours of sport I could talk to you yeah, about yeah, and I didn't even we didn't even touch on anything that you do outside of sport your whole life <laughs> but I'm sure, just a comment I just go home and I shut myself in a box <laughs> I'm sure you do it there's heaps of other cool stuff we'll chat about next time as well definitely Mars, thanks heaps for coming in thanks a lot Mars. Um, and awesome. where can people catch you just on your Twitters and yeah, stuff Twitter like that yeah Twitter at um, Facebook depending if you're a random Russian bot that comes up I'll probably, I'll probably press delete <laughs> But that can Twitter. Uh, Twitter. So, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week uh, with something interesting. I don't know what yet, but we got something good coming. Something for We're out. Peace. Yeah.